0: Welcome to Education Talks, I'm David Burke. Craig Kemp is the co-founder and CEO of EduSpark. Previously he had a long career in education, working as a primary teacher and assistant principal before moving to a specialist EdTech school leadership role in Singapore, and then working exclusively in EdTech. I was keen to learn about his journey from New Zealand to Singapore, what drove him in his quest to establish EduSpark, and what we can all look forward to with this exciting platform. Craig Kemp, welcome to Education Talks. See uh, what a setting! Pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, thanks for coming out and experiencing Singapore with me today. Yeah, what a great, what a great spot. Uh, how long have you been living here in Singapore?
1: Yeah, good question. So I've been here almost eleven years now. It's wow. been a long time. Wow. Yeah, we thought we'd come over for a couple of years, and yeah, eleven years later.
0: Great place to be. Um, so can you just take us back through your journey that brought you here to Singapore, and where did you start teaching and? And how did uh, how did things bring you here?
1: Yeah, so, you know, I'm a career teacher, been in it my whole life, been working with educators or with kids since I was a kid, coaching all the way through. My mum was a, a late teacher trainee, went through when I was in high school, went through teacher training college, decided that that was the thing for her. So when I was 15, 16, she was training to be a teacher, which was pretty inspiring, actually, that, you know, a lady of 40, 50, decides that she wants to do something else, you know, she was a teaching assistant and wanted to really be inspirational for the next generation, which was pretty cool. So I saw that. I was doing a bunch of sport coaching, you know, interacting with kids, seeing their growth and development. And honestly I got to the end of my my high school time and just thought, I really don't know what I want to do. I really don't know what I, do. I thought I might want to do sports science or something like that. But went to Teachers College as sort of a fallback, honestly. And then uh, I loved it. The moment I arrived, uh, traveled down to Christchurch in South Island, did my teacher training, um, met my wife now, uh, moved down to Dunedin, the bottom of the South Island. um, Thought we'd be there for a couple of years and ended up teaching there and became an assistant principal, worked in a pretty cool small primary school for seven or eight years. And then, um, you know, we, we sort of got stuck. We were in a rut, you know, doing the same thing every day. We love New Zealand, but we wanted to do something more. We love travel. We'd just done a little Southeast Asia trip, first time really traveling, and uh, fell in love with Singapore, Thailand, Malaysia, uh, Indonesia, and we just said to each other, "Let's, let's do it. Let's make a move. Let's try something new. So we jumped on, my wife's not in education, but we sort of jumped on and found some jobs right first person to get a job we're gonna go there doesn't matter where we go we don't have kids we don't have commitment Um, and I got a job here in Singapore at a small Australian curriculum school uh, and it started three weeks after we got married so you know we committed quit my job in New Zealand got married flew out sort of four days later uh, my wife joined me a couple of weeks later and and we were here and uh, you know, worked in a small Australian curriculum school as a you know, grade three four teacher, supported in the a rollout of some tech stuff uh, because that became my passion. After rolling out some iPad programs in in New Zealand, uh, and then it, it sort of just scaled from there. We thought, right, I think we're done here. Three or four years later, another opportunity came up. Got my role as a, a tech director um, at Stanford American, uh, and um, yeah, I mean. That's sort of how my journey started and got into this place, yeah.
0: Okay, so that uh, that brings you up to uh, Singapore. Um, and where did you work here in Singapore?
1: Yeah, so my, my first role in that small Australian school was brilliant, um, loved it, very small, but then I wanted a, a better, bigger opportunity. I wanted to do more, I wanted to really dive into the tech side of things and I decided that you know, I'd open up to, to opportunities. You know, what's out there? What could I do? I um, applied for a couple of roles and I managed to get the role, um, a role at Stanford American International School, a large 3,500 student American international school here in Singapore, uh, which then moved into a, a sort of a head of educational technology and innovation role, uh, which was super exciting. We built then a team out of, sort of five coaching staff um, to really change the, the mindset of IT to edtech and how can we transform learning with the technology that we had? You know, budgets weren't a problem. Um, we, we were able to use the technology we had, but it really wasn't impacting learning. So we developed an amazing team of people who I now call my close friends. And you know, we worked together for several years, um, four years at Stanford American, built a pretty amazing program, had the opportunity to share that out um, around the world as well.
0: Yeah. So at what point did you then Sort of decide that you wanted to step out of schools.
1: Yeah, it was um, it was a tough decision. You know, I at that point I had started speaking because of the success of our programs and the work that we were doing. So I was travelling to places like Australia, all around Asia, speaking, um, starting to do the circuit a little bit in terms of speaking and sharing. And I, while I liked it, I didn't love it. And I, I liked sharing, but I'm really an introvert. You know, I come across as an extrovert, but I'm really not. You know, I. I prefer sitting at home in my pajamas, you know, just chilling out, learning online, that's my my jam. But I do love connecting and engaging with people and I do love sort of sharing that out. So it got to the point where I was doing so much that it was like two full-time jobs. I was traveling to Australia for two weeks in my holidays, working with schools, building strategy, um, you know, traveling to, to Europe, I was in Spain and then all across Asia. And it got to the point where my school holidays, where I wanted to spend time with my family and at that point I had some young kids. And it got to that point where you know my wife said you've got to make a choice do one thing or the other uh, and make a run for it and if it doesn't work with this consultancy thing you've got your education stuff to fall back on you know, it's, it's a great thing to be able to jump back into so i went for it um gave my eight months notice or whatever i had to give and that's four years ago today and you know i dived into the consultancy thing and it was something that i really never thought that i'd do uh, you know, the, the word consultant to me as a teacher was always like a, a dirty word. And I can't do it. Don't want to dive into it um, but, but yeah, here I am now
0: So Craig, what are some of the strategies that you work on with schools in relation to implementing a successful tech program?
1: Yeah, I mean the, the work that I do with schools is quite diverse in nature, but I do a lot of work around stepping back and starting with an audit and one of the things I always recommend is do an audit not of tech tools necessarily but of people and let's talk to people because you'll know this Dave and I'm sure people listening as well as soon as you have an external person come into your school you can inside of the school be preaching and telling them all these things but as soon as you have an external person come in and other people hear it It starts that process. And you can say, I've been telling you this for two years, but it's just the reality. I experienced this inside of the school. It's just the way it is. Uh, And so we work on this audit where we say to to schools, let's talk to your teachers, let's talk to your leaders, let's talk to parents and kids, and really get an understanding of how technology is being used to add value to learning, and not just student learning, but adult learning, parent engagement. Then we can look at tools and we can say, Let's look at our tech stack. What do we need, what do we not need? Let's look at subscriptions. What are we paying for that we don't need anymore? We can actually save money, be more efficient and effective by stopping and taking a look at that. And teachers and leaders in school just don't have time to do that. So when we come into schools, we get to work with them on all of those things. And then we start to say, right, here are some recommendations. Here are what people are saying. Here's what we've noticed. This is what we think you should do. This is what we think you should try and implement. And a lot of that's to do with the people. Now, how do we build capacity internally? Because you don't want to be paying for an external consultant to be hanging around with you for months and months to transform a school. You've already got internal expertise, hopefully, that can do that for you. So we can jump in, we can start that process, kick things off, and and be sort of prods along the way to keep momentum going and suggest those successful ways of moving forward.
0: So that was Ignite EdTech, yeah, and uh, that's that was successful. But then you decided to do something even even bigger, perhaps.
1: Yeah. So yeah, Ignite EdTech was born um, out of supporting schools in their journey with integrating technology. I noticed that I felt like I could do more. I felt that I could work with people outside of that silo of a school and have a bigger impact. You know, outside of speaking and doing those one-offs. I wanted to support schools in building strategy, building competence, uh, and building their skill sets so that they could drive technology integration in their school like like we had done. So that's sort of where Ignite EdTech went. Over the last few years, that's transitioned into multiple other avenues. I do a lot of work now with EdTech companies, Um, really built out of my frustration of being a tech director, having companies come to me to try and sell me their products, and just these companies who have no idea about education, trying to sell to educators. And I just felt that there was a far better way to do that, more strategic, more educational focused and and really started building out that with the work that I do now. And then, um, you know, diving into your question about what happened next, and that's really now with EduSpark, Um, it it was really born out of my frustration of professional learning. Um, Frustrated by what was happening for me as a learner that was so disaggregated, there was just stuff everywhere. Uh, And I could jump into whatever I wanted to do, but it was really at my expense, my time. My school was paying, you know, not just my school, every school in Asia, paying for people to fly in, tens of thousands of dollars for a one day, two day workshop. Teachers would go back and continue on with day to day operations. We would have, you know, amazing people in my school, but I would never have access to them because it wasn't for me. So I would have to go and find my thing. So really it was built out of that frustration that EduSpark was born. We wanted to create a place built by educators for educators to bring together the best of the best from all over the
0: world. Fantastic. Can you give us a little bit of a, an insight of, to what we can look forward to with, with EduSpark? Yeah,
1: so you know we're, we're now at a place, we've got about 130 courses with incredible leaders of learning from all over the world. People like Richard Gerver, Kath Murdoch, Kimberly Mitchell, Tanya Latanzio, Tanya Gilchrist. Now the list goes on of incredible leaders. We're continuing to build these amazing partnerships with incredible leaders of learning but teachers and leaders in schools who have a voice and we want to help amplify that voice so we're going to continue to build out incredible content based on what schools tell us they want and need but we're also moving into the tech space in terms of what we've built out because everything in edu spark has been built from scratch so the intention for us now is to listen more than we talk and action you know that that whole process so We listen to schools. We work with more than a dozen international schools now in Asia where we support the entire transformation of professional learning and development for a school, not just online, but in person, Mm -hmm. hybrid learning and really taking that COVID step into that face-to-face culmination. And how do we combine those? So you'll see a lot of growth and development in that hybrid learning space, a lot of growth and development in the needs of schools. You know, we're hearing lots of things about DEIJ, well-being, tech and innovation, literacy, numeracy. Uh, and into all sorts of other areas of development as well. The next stage is for our tech side of things. We're building out a whole portfolio and appraisal system um, where we're going to build evidence-based portfolios in blockchain that are owned by the individual. Uh, We work now with schools where they can build their own content and really take it to the next level because we're seeing huge amounts of success with the schools we're working with in that transformative power of what this Professional learning ecosystem can do, and then we're moving into all sorts of other areas, including events uh, and other spaces with those physical things as well.
0: Craig, are there any events coming up uh, that EduSpark are working, working on?
1: Yeah, we've got a lot in the pipeline, Dave. We've got a lot going on, but the, very soon, you know, this week we're heading to Bangkok for the Fabicia CPD Leaders Conference, which is going to bring together uh, about 50 60 professional development leaders from across the region, part of the uh, federation of british international schools in asia uh, bringing them together to chat to learn to discuss from the 24th to the 26th of november we've uh, already hosted a pre-conference with richard Gerver, uh, virtually and online bringing them together and then we're going to be there face to face for this hybrid interaction inside and outside of edu spark 2. and then we're actually planning some big things uh, early 2023 uh, march we're looking at some events in in bali Uh, where we're going to bring together some inquiry learning leaders uh, for some hybrid learning events we're also going to uh, august and september next year bringing together people to the maldives uh, probably singapore maybe in thailand uh, leaders teachers uh, all within that space to start this hybrid experience we've also got some fully virtual events coming up and anyone interested in events or bringing together people for learning opportunities we'd love to have a chat because we've got some really cool different ways of doing things now that we'd love to experience and and work together on.
0: It's very exciting, and in fact, there's a link just down here that will get you to uh, EduSpark, you can check it out. Um, Now, something else which is exciting is, of course, you're the host of the Ignite EdTech podcast, and uh, a question that you ask your guests each week is, uh, what is your favorite uh, EdTech tool? Would you like to share yours with us?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, it was something that I started a wee while ago to try and bring together the best of the best from actual practice um, and uh, I actually never get asked this question I'm on the other end normally <laughs> asking the question It's but, much
0: easier over here
1: yeah, <laughs> it definitely is but you know I always have sort of two standout tools that I always come back to one is Flipgrid or now Flip you know for me it's just this incredible free tool that anyone can get their hands on to get the best out of their kids or even their teachers know why not use something that's free powerful and credible that gets that voice video response that you need to maybe engage those learners whether they're adult learners or student learners um, that don't always want to have a voice or a say and there's so many features now including accessibility features that are, that make this super accessible for all learners my second one that I'll add as a bonus is moat uh, I'm a huge fan of accessible feedback and making it quick and easy to get to moat is just an incredible tool Uh, for that verbal feedback that makes a teacher's job much easier, much quicker and much more accessible.
0: Right, Craig, so is there one thing that you're really excited about that you're currently working on?
1: Yeah, great question. The hard part is one thing, I guess. There's so many things going on, but I think for me it's uh, EduSpark and our vision. You know, it's not very often have the opportunity to dive into the edtech space and build something that's actually making a difference. I have conversations with school leaders and teachers every day. Uh, And every time we share EduSpark, our current journey and where we're going, we're met with an incredible positivity. Uh, People that want to jump on board immediately. I was just in schools here yesterday and the vision of where this is going, people want to be involved. People want to jump on board and the vision of EduSpark is really built on what do schools tell us they want and need. We're not owned by a massive equity company. We're owned by a couple of educators trying to make a difference, which means that we can act fast, we can move, and we can be adaptable and flexible. And that's exactly what we're doing. So super excited about where we're going and excited to take this journey on with with others as well.
0: All right, Craig, I need some advice. What's some, some of your hot tips for uh, making a successful show or podcast?
1: Yeah, so the Ignite EdTech podcast really was formed out of, out of uh, I started a blog on my website, mrkenpenz.com was my website and it still exists today. And I blogged and I blogged and I blogged and I realized I hated writing, right? I just wasn't good at it. And it was just a pain, but I realized I could talk. So at the very beginning in the pandemic, I started the podcast just like hundreds of other people, but it's now 110 episodes deep uh, I've spoken with some of the most inspiring and incredible people from around the world, and honestly, for me, it's going back to basics. You know, I don't use anything incredibly technical. I use GarageBand for my editing because it's easy. Uh, you don't need anything over the top. Uh, I use ZenCaster to, to bring people in, uh, and then I use Buzzsprout to push it out to all the channels. Uh, but for me, it's it's simplicity. You know, people. Uh, Very quickly, tell you, you know, 10 to 30 minutes is the sweet spot. For me, it's around the 20 minute mark. Free episodes every week. I drop it every Friday. So, for me, it's about consistency. Uh, And I have the same flow. So, you know, I give tips and advice. I interview someone incredible. uh, And then I share some of my favorite tools. So, for me, it's go back to basics. Choose simple tools that you know. You know, you don't need to dive into expensive equipment and expensive tools. Do the things you're comfortable with. Bring on incredible people, talk about things that you're passionate about, uh, and and, share it out to social media.
0: Um, Now, people watching this, they think, gee, this guy's fantastic, want to reach out and uh, connect with Craig. Uh, How do they do that?
1: Yeah, yeah, you can reach out to me on any social media, Twitter, at Mr. MrKempNZ. Same on Instagram, Facebook, you can find the Ignite EdTech Podcast or EduSpark. Um, You you can find us on all social channels, LinkedIn uh, is very easy, Craig Kemp Singapore. sure you'll throw the links uh, down below as well for people to check
0: out. I'll be there. Now, Craig, it's been fantastic to catch up, and uh, I think it might be time to go and have some brunch. What do you think? 100% let's go and enjoy beautiful Singapore. Excellent. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode of Education Talks, please do share with your friends and colleagues. Don't forget to stay subscribed to catch each new episode.